Welcome back. In this podcast, I'm sharing my experiences with becoming emotionally healthy. And last week I shared how when I get stopped up from movement or from doing a specific task, how acknowledging the emotion and sitting with it can actually lessen the fear and the intensity of the emotion that I'm feeling. And that really helps me to get unstuck. And there's no shortcuts. The work and the sitting with the emotion is a must. That's part of the the hidden healing that I'm talking about in this podcast. Stuff that we have to like actually stop and do. And it takes an effort and it takes like consciously, mindfully going to do that thing when our bodies are telling us we don't want to. Well, last week I had a very special listener reach out and she asked a question. She asked if I could discuss why the traditional therapy didn't work for me. So I want to address that question. Traditional therapy does work and it did work for me. Talking to a psychologist helped me tremendously. I've also spent a lot of time talking with a doctor of social work who saw me in a very similar manner to a psychologist, but I really liked it a lot because he gave me feedback and asked me questions that helped me really move the needle for me. Um, It almost felt like a conversation with my best friend. Um, Just coincidentally, I had called to make an appointment at a new office when I was having some really difficult times. And um, he had an appointment. He could see me first. And I'm so blessed that he did because that has really helped me a lot um, in in my life and in being able to see how to ask the the right questions. Um, I felt like I was able to heal from trauma in a shorter period of time and also in a more complete way with him, which was really nice. But remember that we're all different and our needs are different and we've lived different lives. So when we look at things, at experiences, we look through the lenses of our own life, not of someone else's. So we, you and I could have the same experience, but it feel different to us or we experience it different. So you got to be sure to advocate for yourself and trust yourself because um, in traditional therapy, you're dealing with people and not everyone's a perfect fit. So you got to trust yourself. And if something's not working, um, then if you're not vibing with the therapist, then find out what your next step is. Maybe a different therapist, maybe a different kind of therapy. It's up to you. So for me, therapy did work. And That's kind of where therapy kind of ended for me and this podcast um, comes in. Because even though I did all of that therapy, I still didn't feel like I was an emotionally healthy woman. I still didn't know how to have boundaries or be responsible for the life I created or even have any idea that I did indeed create this life. Um, I didn't know how to feel connection with other people. I felt lonely all the time and I felt like there wasn't a place where I fit in. Even in my own family, I didn't know or understand how to fit in. I didn't understand why or how my mind worked and relationships. Well, relationships were largely unsafe for me. Um, There's a lot of other issues that you can learn even after therapy's over, like family patterns, getting rid of those, stopping at your family where you're at. Um, for us, women are largely abused all the way back. I can go five generations and I know that the women were, um, each individual woman had sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. Um, 
What else? Uh, how to deal with toxic people. The question of who am I? Um, knowing, finding out that I need to become an individual different from my husband, different from my mom, and different from my kids. Um, living in titles, being regulated or dysregulated. Those are all the things that I've been learning about and learning how to do. There's so many things. So if you're like me and you got stuck in a trauma um, or you kind of got stuck in like a time period where you had a lot of trauma and you kind of stopped learning um, or you had a teenage mom who just didn't know how to teach you emotional skills and she didn't know how to do those things herself, then all of what we're talking about, all of this stuff that I've been learning in my 40s is an important topic that maybe would, I guess, really benefit you to hear and to hear someone else's life and how they're doing it. And that's why I'm here. So let's start on today's topic, loneliness. Feeling lonely doesn't mean you're alone. Researchers say that it's not about like the number of people that you're around, but it's actually about the quality of those connections. So really, realistically, you could be surrounded by people, but feel empty inside. That's where I found myself. Um, I believe it was 2009. So that means my first son was nine years old. And I already had my daughter who was two years old. And I started um, a blog that was kind of like a journal that I hoped that someone would read and maybe tell me all the answers. Um, also, for me, the blog served a second purpose, which was... Um, getting everything inside of me out so that I wasn't carrying the burden alone. Um, on Tuesday, December 15, 2009, I wrote this blog, Alone in a Crowd. And this wasn't the first time I had an entry like this um, in a journal or I sometimes wrote in paper or different things like that. Um, and so I'm going to read parts of it to you. It says, they say that no one should be lonely in a world full of people. But what if I am? Okay, you might have guessed. I'm lonely. I have friends, lots of friends. Friends in California that I talk to regularly. I have friends in Missouri that I also talk to. I have friends in West Virginia. But here's where the problem is. I want it to be like the movies. I have a group of four BFFs and we talk all the time and hang out more. Somehow we all manage to take care of the house and the kids, not to mention our husbands. But my life is not like that. My life is not bad. I enjoy a lot of it. I feel like I need more, though. Am I crazy to want a BFF or a soulmate? Someone who feels like you've known them forever, even if you've only known them for five minutes? I had that once, and I had a wonderful BFF where that wasn't the case. But I had one BFF who was like a soul sister. We had so much fun. I want that back. But I would just settle for someone to get along with. I wonder if I need several people to fill my time. People are so busy now that it's hard to spend a lot of time in any one place. But I'm probably overestimating my needs. I don't really need a lot of friends, just one or two quality friends. Now, after saying that, I must add that I've changed this past two years. I enjoy staying at home even more than I have ever. Well, before, I never did. Now I do. I guess that, was right, that I was right in saying I overestimated my needs. This is all over the place and crazy, but it's just like my mind. Hopefully I'll get more organized as I blog. Um, it looks like I wrote that at 8.35 a.m. 
And I had two, exactly two readers. I believe one was my brother and one was a very close friend when I lived in California. She was 15 years older than me, but we had a friendship and it was deep at the time. At least on my end. <laughs> she was 15 years older than me, so who knows. This blog is a lot of, like when I would feel really dark, I would go and write. It was just enough just to get this out, and then I could move on to taking care of the kids and things like that. It really begs the question, how do you connect deeply? I think that that's something that a lot of us have a hard time with. I think that if you look it up, you know, you're gonna, people are going to say, go out, uh, put yourself out there, talk to people around you. But it's really hard to do those things when you feel crappy. When you feel like you've been burned one too many times or people around you aren't trustworthy. If you have any kind of depression or anxiety, that even makes it 10 times worse. So how do you connect deeply? And what is creating this need that we have to sit here and talk about connection? Because it seems like connection for some people comes naturally. Almost, I mean, humans are born with the need to connect immediately. So it seems like that should be something that we should know how to do. So why do we feel disconnected even when we're with people that love us, even when we are around people in our community who try to reach out, but we just don't feel safe? Well, there's a lot of reasons. We talked about already depression and anxiety. For me, during my times of depression and anxiety, which was largely to do with postpartum, I felt the loneliest and the most disconnected. Um, I felt like no one understood me and would be able to handle what I was carrying. So I kept it to myself. The good news is that even if you do have depression and anxiety, you can still build connection and feel connected to people around you. It does take effort, but it is possible. Something else is social media. If you spend a lot of time on social media, it can make you more lonely because we're looking at curated images of people's lives or curated videos of people's lives. It just, it's not really a safe place to get impressions of what reality is. So if you're on social media, remind yourself that those places are not images of real things, that it's curated to make you feel and think something specific. So if you have had any kind of abuse, um, any kind of trauma, if you have any situations where you felt like you were to blame, especially in childhood, you have to actually do the work of dealing with that guilt and shame. Because um, when we carry guilt and shame, it's like a dark cloud over us. And we're always trying to hide our true selves from people so that people don't see how bad we are or the wrong that we've done. So we're, we always are hiding a piece of ourselves, And the key to connection the key to deep connection is being truthful and being authentic. So if you haven't dealt with your guilt and shame, that's something to put on your list and do some research about and figure out how to get past that guilt and shame and let it go. Something else that happens in our lives is we go through transitions. Um, a big move for a job, whether it's your husband's job or your job, a job change is a transition in itself. So um, I have a friend and she's a nurse and she changed jobs from an OR nurse and went instead into a more kind of nursing position where she would, felt like she was making a difference and helping um, teenage girls. 
you know, a beautiful move, but also she'd been at the same job for a lot of years. So that caused big transition, a big disconnect from her current circle of friends, community. And so transitions are really hard. We moved from California to Missouri and then a year later to West Virginia. So I had a lot of transition times of loneliness. A specific type of transition I want to talk about is a path of awakening. So obviously I I got on a path of awakening at some point in time. And when you do that, a lot of times people around you see you as different and it can feel like there's a big disconnect from them, from the things that you used to talk about and the things that you used to do. And so I remember seeing my mom go through the same kind of path of awakening in her life. And her friends would be like, all you talk about is the Bible or all you talk about is health food or all these things. Um, and so when you're in a path of awakening, you're, you know, largely looking for a new community to fit in. Not that you have to get rid of your old community, but just that you also need new community. So when you're disconnected um, from, you know, the current circle of friends that you have, that can really cause a lot of loneliness. But there's a couple others I'd like to discuss, which are largely like guilt and shame in that they're deeper. Um, so one of them is when you're disconnected from your own personal values, you can feel really lonely. And for me, that happened when I became a mom and a wife. Um, my example of a mom was someone who really disowned herself to be a slave to everyone around her. And she didn't do it on purpose, but her mom was um, not only abusive, but also neglectful, sometimes hateful. And so she was doing the opposite of that, which is wasn't balanced. And so that's what I thought a mom did. So that's what I did. It makes you very lonely when you f are only serving people and never willing to accept anything. Um, the role of a wife, you know, the duties that I thought I had to live in and do all the time. Um, a lot of that also ties into this other issue that I had, which was a codependent relationship with my mom. I never disconnected from my mom. I never adopted my own values, but instead I borrowed her values my whole life until I was about 30. And I couldn't live that way anymore because when postpartum depression hit, I was just happy to feed my children. I was happy that they were not sitting in their dirty diapers and that they ate and that they were alive. So all these things that my mom thought I should do, I had to let go of. You know, I dealt with the criticism and the anxiety and trying to turn myself into a pretzel to try to do these things, which I was incapable of because of the depression. And it got really ugly. But when I figured out that I needed to disconnect from her and that I needed to adopt my own values and own them and stand up and speak my truth, things got better between us and for me. And of course, it wasn't pretty. I didn't know how to do it right. And it was a really hard time. But let me just tell you that disowning your own personal values or being disconnected from them is a lot lonelier and a harder road to live on than using someone else's values. When you disconnect from yourself, I think that's when you're the loneliest. Um, and so you need that real connection. And that is something that takes work. It's one of the hidden healings that we have to do to become whole and healthy. Now we've talked about the reasons why we feel disconnected even when we're around people who love us. Let's talk about 
the benefits of having a community that we can lean into when we go through these emotional storms in our life, big and small. It doesn't have to be giant traumas that happen in our life or um, losses or anything like that. It can be even small things that we get support on. We really need to anchor ourselves in certain connections, and that is one of the things that brings a lot of benefit. So largely, I have felt very lonely in my life, and I, I think I've expressed that. Um, this blog that I read to you is just one example of the many times that I spoke of my loneliness, and a lot of it had to do with depression, anxiety, a lot of the transitions in my life moving from three different states, um, a lot of guilt and shame around certain things that I didn't even realize I was carrying because I did a lot of the healing towards the big traumas. And so I had a lot of work to do and I did a lot of that work. But turns out even when I had this awakening, there was still more work to do. I found a group of women online that aligned really strongly with my values and I joined the group um, there's about 10 of us maybe 11 of us we became this support group for each other I found myself in situations um, with these beautiful women who usually are on the same path of awakening as I am and I found myself at times pulling away it's been a, a long road for me to find these friends and to be willing to do this. And along the way, uh, there have been times when I would withdraw, when things inside my head went a little crazy and I thought, oh gosh, they're about to dump me or they don't like me. One of the friends would reach out and leave me a message. We use Marco Polo. If you don't know what that is, it's a, it's a like video walkie-talkie system where we can talk back and forth to each other, and we can either watch it live or we can watch the replay. And so they would leave me messages saying, you know, we miss you and thinking about you. I would hear those messages, and I would think about it, and I would consider, why haven't I been on? And then I realized, oh, yeah, I'm scared. I feel unsafe. That thing came up in me. And so I would have to talk myself into the fact that these people like me or they wouldn't reach out. In this group, I have shared so many deep parts of myself. Like we all, I believe that each one of us individually has our own strength and our own gifts and our own calling to what we're good at and what we can do in our lives if we choose to. I see mine as creating believe it or not, creating connections between people, bringing people together, being radically vulnerable to the point that it makes other people feel safe to be vulnerable. In this group of women, I've shared a lot of my vulnerabilities with myself, with my children, with my husband. I have seen them reciprocate and share their truths. It makes me really emotional because I, because these people are my sisters. They're in time of me wanting to retreat and go inward, I'm able to go to them and talk. And it's a new skill that I've learned, and it has taken a lot of work. But I have seen that this is a safe place, and it brings so much value to my life. And I've gotten to know them. Having a place where you feel accepted, even when you say the things that are your truth, it's invaluable. Now, when I go through my days, it's like the people around me, I, I don't feel... I don't feel that loneliness anymore, so I'm able to connect better to the people around me in my neighborhood or at my store or wherever I'm going. 
I can't imagine my life without this group of women. And today I almost had a panic attack because I, I, I thought to myself, like, what if these women go away? What if this fades away or is no longer a thing? And it, it really did make me scared because I love them so much. We're actually getting together, meeting in real life, and spending a few days together on the beach, which will be such a beautiful time to see them in real life and to um, be able to hug them and just be in their energy. And so I'm super excited about it. I think what I'm trying to say here is that it has brought so much balance to my life having this group of women that I feel completely seen by. There is no hiding. There is only telling the truth and being loving and accepting no matter what that truth is. I provide the same for them, which is what makes it work so well. This last piece that I want to talk about is kind of a combination of a lot of things. So a lot of times depression and anxiety can come from, like we mentioned, disconnecting from your personal values and beliefs. Um, it can also come from not knowing yourself. Um, when you don't know yourself, you feel disconnected from yourself. And so it's kind of like a, like a catch 22. You're depressed and you're anxious and you don't know yourself, which causes more depression and anxiety. This is not everybody. This is not to say this is you. But I truly believe that I could have come out of the depression a lot sooner had I known who I was and what things were important to me, what kind of things I needed to feed my soul. Um, my son bought me a book. It's called Soul Pancake, and it's written by Rain Wilson, who is really awesome. Um, and this book called Soul Pancake, it, it says, Chew on Life's Big Questions. Um, speak your mind, unload your questions, figure out what it means to be human. And so this book is really awesome because it is um, very colorful and fun. It asks you questions. You can write in the book. It's full of other people's art, and it's just laid out in such a fun fashion. And this book is such a great way to get to know what you value and what's important to you and find out what kind of things you are about. Um, I definitely recommend it as like a fun activity, not something that feels like work and drudgery. Um, it can be like a simple, easy way to do a couple pages every few days and enjoy it because that's one of the most important things um, to belong, to be seen, to be valued, to, to fit in, to be accepted. Um, those things all come from knowing who we are and sharing that with other people. But if we don't know who we are, if we're hiding who we are, if we become a people pleaser, and so all the things that we think we are are actually more important to other people and have no real value to us other than we think that's how we're getting love, then connection isn't going to feel real. And you're never going to feel like anyone sees the true you. So that's... That's a big one. That's a really big one. And um, I'm going to leave it right there because um, each of these is, you know, a whole thing in itself that you can kind of consider and go over and figure out. What I would really like you to take away today is that 
having a connection and having belonging is largely dependent upon you and your willingness to be courageous and be seen in your authentic self. And it does take effort and it does take a lot of healing, especially for people like us who have have had trauma or other things in life, um, other kinds of dysfunction that make us feel isolated and alone. Um, it's something that you can get past and community, having a community is such a great and valuable gift that we can give ourselves. I believe that everyone should feel seen and heard, valued, feel like they fit in. Everyone should have a group of friends to lean in on and to run towards when the emotional storms hit. You have to choose it. It takes courage, especially when you feel scared and life has showed you that people are unsafe. There are safe people out there and you can find them. And the payoff is that you get to be happy and you get to belong. Isn't that worth it? Thank you for coming back and listening to this episode. All of your comments from last week really meant a lot to me. It really brought me a lot of joy to hear what you thought about it. If you know anyone who could use this episode and you shared it with them, it would mean a lot to me. And if by chance you found us on Apple and you could leave us a review, that would be really awesome too.